Hello and welcome to 361, a weekly podcast about mobile tech and everything around it. My name's Ben Smith. I'm Rafe Blanford. And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is Season 11, Episode 2, and this week we're talking about... One of our favourite mobile apps from flower retailer Blooming Wild. And how the small guy can leapfrog the competition with a bit of help from the App Store. Back, chaps. Hello. Hello. Oh, Riff Life is slow out of the blocks this week. He's looking tired. You all right? Because I was victimized so much in the last episode. Oh, you weren't victimized. I, I'm just feeling, you were in Tanzania. I'm feeling really low. Oh, that's because you're short. Yeah. It's the oldies, but the goodies. Exactly. I can't work out sometimes if you're saying this deliberately for the laugh. <laughs> I wish it was that organized. Exactly. exactly. So, how are you doing, guys? Spiffing. Spiffing. I was letting him speak yeah. first. Yeah, I'm, I'm very good. Makes a nice good. change. Yeah, rock in, rock in. Please say that. Any news? Well, I think we should have some news about smarter homes, because I'm already confident that I'm actually going to have a smarter home than you in. Rafe's bringing the game early. <laughs> you like, say that, Blanford, but my prediction is that you'll do a good talk, but actually it won't do much. There you go. Coming from you, that's pretty damning. This <laughs> is... <laughs> well, no, I think, I think talk, Rafe but... will be... Because no, he is quite a functional chap, is Blanford. Quite a function. That Rafe Blanford. Wow, I'm gonna it's put just that, getting better and better. I'm going to put that on your bio on 361podcast.com. Rafe, quite a functional chat. No, what I mean is he has an appreciation for things that do a particular job, whereas I would actually buy the one that's shinier. I wouldn't do a Smith, Ben Smith, your listener, who has gone and bought the more expensive Apple Watch. I think because it's I have silly. taste. Right, fine. But I think Blamford, I reckon, is going to be challenged by this challenge. You make the shiny decision, Ben makes a spreadsheet decision, and I make the utilitarian decision is what you're trying to say. But there you go, exactly. That's better put. Rafe is going to have the smartest yurt in the... uh... (laughs) (laughs) No, I I reckon he'll find it quite difficult to do a lot of the smarter home things. Well, let's get a smartest home competition update then, Rafe Blamford. Give us a quick rundown on where you're at. Mm. So I've been looking at some of the Philips Hue stuff because they've actually just come out with a new line of products, including an updated light switch and actually more powerful lumens, brighter lights. Welcome to the 361 podcast. For the next 10 (laughs) weeks, we're going to ask you to be excited about light switches with a straight face. I know. But then I've also been looking at Smarter Things, which is actually a Samsung company. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but no, actually, I can't you're saying this a- actually they have a very agnostic approach in terms of working with lots of other things. Does it work with iPhones? It works with iPhones. It works oh. with Windows Phone. It works, of oh, course, works with, with Android. Windows Phone. So Windows I, Phone barely works with Windows Phone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ben. Because I reckon one of the keys to this challenge is going to be actually getting everything to talk to each other and to be integrated because mm. there's a lot of solutions. That, I mean, I'm sure you've come across loads yep. of stuff already. Yep. And I'm at that point with still doing the research and working out what's going to be the best thing to get. So lighting, though, actually, at the moment, is it? I mean, the things around music is kind of obvious because it, it's Sonos if I really want to do that. And See, that's, but, I don't think you've got one, have you? And I don't think you will ever have a Sonos. I reckon you think, I'm perfectly fine with my phone. Thank you very much. I haven't got one, and yeah, I've sort of really See, gone, gone through that. Larry, he's going to lose. But there's not a Sonos Windows phone app, that's why you can't have it. That's a good point, good point. Actually, yeah. it's in beta at the moment. <laughs> in beta. Like okay. all the other Windows phone apps. You, McLeod? The biggest problem I have is a fear. It's a fear of buying the wrong platform, buying into the wrong platform, because this is a real just, just so you're with it. That's FOMO, fear of missing out. Just get with the. Is it, it, is, is it fear of missing out? Oh, that's true. That's right. I thought it was a false moustache, a FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, he's on. He's on, on far it. He's on it, isn't it's, he? Uh, it's Movember as well. I think that I will either go for Netgear. Netgear have got Arlo. 
that's their brand I've seen they've just launched some new stuff there that looks quite interesting I'm rather attracted to their because you think you look at your home router and go hmm that's the industrial designer everywhere you look all of them have got a different platform Right, so Netgear have got their one, Nest have got their one. But do you I, want to put those things on show in your home? From a home automation, smart home thing, I'm particularly interested in security and a home monitoring, uh-huh. that kind of thing. I, I like that. That's what got me into the, the Netgear's Arlo stuff, A-R-L-O. I've been looking at Lightwave RF. Oh, I've also looked at, I think I mentioned Canary last time. I'm close to buying one, but I can't. I just, if you buy that, does it work with this? Does it work with that? Does it work with Nest? So I feel that I need to wait. This is week two of ten, though, so you've got to get you got to get I know you got to get buying. Well, soon. No, no, but that's why I haven't done anything with smart home at all. It's just that I'll just wait for these people to sort it out, right? Because I don't want to go and spend five hundred pounds or a thousand pounds and find that that stuff doesn't fit with this stuff and doesn't yeah. connect with this stuff. So Ben, I'm a little bit suspicious of the fact that he thinks that the uh, smart home industry is going to sort itself out in eight weeks. I no, think no, no, he's no. actually given years. his form last time, waiting for other people to buy things first, so he doesn't look, you know, quite. So stupid this time around. What he's going to do is look at what you and I buy, work out how much it costs, and then buy something 50% more expensive and claim it's better. Yeah, I think that's probably right. What about you, Ben? Have you been uh, doing any research? (laughs) I've been been doing my research, and I've hit a brick wall early because I sort of have slightly cheated in as much as I've wanted a nest for a long time. Mm. And quite aside from this, I wanted a nest because we have underfloor heating in our house, which quite a lot of people do. Very fancy. Yeah, uh, and that's great. But one of the problems... They had that years ago on the Blandford estate. I know, but that, that was literally... New that was literally just because that was a man downstairs in the cellar with, with a fire lit, you know. That's a hippocaust. Sorry? It's a hippocaust. Oh, thank you very much. It's what the Romans had. They lit fires underneath their floors that were supported on. Okay. I, I knew that. I yeah. did not. This has been a I just I thought you guys had something like a man blowing or something. No. There no. we go. Um, I wanted my nest... <gasps> I wanted to buy a nest and I wanted to because a nest predicts when it's going to be cold and when it's going to be hot and it kind of Mm. will predictively turn your power. And I thought, that's what I want because the only thing that frustrates me about underfloor heating is if I want to be warm now, I've got to turn my heating on four hours ago. And at the moment we have a problem with the thermostat. It'll come up to temperature and the thermostat will go click. But now the floor's really warm and it's giving off heat for hours and hours and hours. So you end up with this kind of cycle of being too hot and too cold yeah, and too hot yeah. and too cold. And, you know, the answer really is by a predictive system. Mm. And we haven't got one and we, we should... So should does that one. mean that you will be aligned to the Nest family of products? Because they brought Dropcam. Well, because Nest is Google, Google yeah, brought Dropcam. Yeah, yeah and I, I kind of... Which I'm, I'm really attracted to. I, it looks I'm, really I'm denied about that. But then, of course... I, you know, I've spent hours reading and researching about it and then realised, oh, yeah, it doesn't actually control the type of heating system we have. Oh, dear. Just, yeah. That kind of, oh, am I actually going to tear up the pipes in my house and take out the boiler and the heating mm. system? No. So I do want a nest, but I need one that can cope with the zones yeah. and the yeah. types of heating that we have in the place, and, and nest quite definitely doesn't at the moment. Certainly in the UK, it would cope with normal water-filled radiators in mm. bedrooms and things, but unfortunately, this system is slightly more complicated in the ground, in the oh, ground floor. You've got an interesting point, because the Lightwave RF technology, that will fix on to your radiator. Have you seen this? Yeah. That's looks So that will power each individual radiator. So that is now... That gets quite exciting. That is now the next plan, which mm. is... First of all, I'm going to stop looking at American-originated systems yeah. because American systems work differently and there's quite a lot of adaption that takes place in the way they work and all those kinds of things for the UK. So now I'm going to look. There's a couple of systems from the UK, including one that British Gas sell 
and you don't have to be a British Gas customer. I was looking Hive. at Hive. Yes, Hive. Hive. Uh, I was really thinking about Hive as well. Yeah. So mm. I'm going to go and have a look at that one instead because that one comes with a man who fits it, and it's specifically designed for the types of heating systems we have in the UK. So going to give that one a try. But mm. really good thinking. You know, one week in, really gutted because nearly all of my research wasted going through the FAQs very late on in the process. About They're to, not very good these things, are they? Just we're just about to hit by and sort. Yeah. We're going to stick this on the wall. My wife's going to go, oh, another new toy I have to mm. learn. And she's yep. actually, she's pretty tolerant about a lot of nonsense in our house. And then it's not going to work. Or the guy's going to show up on installation day and go, no, this is not oh, right. Oh, did she not know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so um, thus far, not a lot of success. But I'm looking forward to actually you guys getting something. Yeah, yes. I, I think well, I'll probably, I'll move on this for the next episode, I reckon. Well, well, we'll get right on that. Yeah, but get right on that. Excellent. It. Otherwise, what about this week's episode? Okay, you McLeod, tell us all about what we're talking about this week. Well, this week we're ostensibly talking about flowers. How lovely. Yes. Did you get yes. me some? Uh, no. Oh. Actually, we're talking about the next generation of buying, of shopping, of uh, transactions. And we're also talking about how the marketplace is going to change for everything beyond all recognition. We have a theory, don't we, that That's Ralph right. Blanford is a heartless, heartless man and he never buys flowers for anyone because you can look at them for free in the park. That's what he says. And then he kicks a puppy. They just bring him in every morning from the estate. <laughs> so your flowers, my lord. Yeah. You and I have got a favourite flower retailer here in the UK called Bloom and Wild. Yes. Yep. And you and I were having a chat the other week and we decided that we've got this kind of theory that although they're a flower retailer, mm. they are indicative of what, buying stuff through mobile is going to be like and the reason that buying stuff through mobile actually is better than yes. regular online commerce and the reality that if you get it right and you can market through these platforms quite effectively and we've, we're all so connected nowadays if you get it right then you can really displace the major companies operating in that marketplace and this is why i think this topic is a really interesting one to explore because so much of uh, mobile commerce, if we call it that generally to start with, has been about existing players getting into the space. All the Ooh, kind they've of, got a mobile app now. Exactly. All the big conglomerates like Amazon sort of using scale to get there. But there's actually some very interesting observations you can make about some of what essentially smaller yeah. players but can play at the global or, or the national level. Shall I take you back to the start? Let's do wavy hands. Back, back to the beginning. Right, OK. So if you've been a long-time listener, you will have heard me as a thing of the week. I think it was season 10. I said, oh, my thing of the week is Bloom and Wild. So Bloom and Wild. I discovered it on the Amazon App Store as an editor's pick. I thought, oh. The Amazon App Store? Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm, Ooh, full, full par, 40 in, yeah. I discovered it on the Apple App Store, sorry. My opinion of you has gone back up. Sorry, there you go. I used Amazon so much, but... Back up to um, And I, I clicked on it, I thought, oh, an app. It's only for flowers. So be like, Bloom and Wild, the concept is you use your mobile app or their mobile app, and all you can do is send a, at this point, this is maybe six to eight months ago, you could send a series of six different sets of flowers to someone in the UK, job done, and you paid for it via the app. I sat and watched it for a little while, and I, I, I had cause to use it. I thought, well, do you know, I'll just try it out. And they, I think they'd text me, or they'd, eat, they'd done a smart, the, the thing they, these small companies have to do, which is make the price relevant enough. I think it was £15 for a bouquet. I thought, oh, might as well try it. It's what's it going to cost? Let's just try it. I think I sent some flowers to my wife. 
and I was astonished. I actually used it. Someone's wife. Definitely, <laughs> definitely your wife. Oh, yeah. Right. oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Now, I actually sent the flowers as I was walking across uh, Waterloo Bridge. I remember you saying I remember, about this. I remember. I just pulled the phone out, and then by the end of the bridge, I'd sent the flowers. Yeah. Fascinating. It's also fully enabled with Apple Pay. It's a beautiful experience. And what they do, and this is something that you pointed out very effectively, is they show you on the app, this is what you're buying. Because the concern you have is if you're sending flowers... How does this work? I know how this is done normally, and I haven't had a very good experience of it in the past. But on the app, it shows you a little box that fits through the letterbox, and the flowers fit into this box. I thought, you know what, that looks quite sensible. It's quite smartly priced. It was keenly priced. If, if, if people haven't seen this, it's a similar idea to those Grey's snack boxes, which yes. is the whole packaging is designed to fit through any letterbox. So yeah. you always know it's going to be delivered reliably, whether you're in or out or whatever. So, so what you're talking about is, is a very long box with maybe you know 10 or 12 or, or 20 flowers in long kind of stems, and each flower is individually wrapped, which the recipients tend to really, really react yeah. very well to. When I saw it, I thought, £15? That was a very special offer. I thought, yeah. oh, I'll try it, bang, done. And I was hooked, absolutely hooked, because the user interface and the experience of it is such that whenever I think, oh, I need to buy someone a present, or actually uh, a relative of mine has recently announced she's pregnant, bang, done. I think within about 40 seconds of hearing the news from my wife, I went, bang, 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 flowers sent, done. And that was using Bloom and Wild app really quick. That's because I had the address already in my phone. Click, click, done. I paid with Apple Pay. Didn't have to think about it. I just picked the first flowers I could see. Done, done, next. Super. Now, Rafe, in the past, if you were going to buy something, and we're, we're talking about flowers today, so uh, in the UK and actually globally, there's the Interflora brand, which is a network that kind of works across local florists and they do delivery for each other. But Ewan didn't think oh i need to buy some flowers so i'll go to the brand i know off the top of my head he went to the app store and found an editor's pick and that seems to have almost take away into flora's market leading position almost in a heartbeat isn't it i think it has i mean i will say i think you and and many of the people listening to this podcast will be different in that they're more open-minded to this idea of disruption and new brands, because we shouldn't underestimate the power of brand. But I do think mobile, because there are new discovery mechanisms emerging, and because it is effectively a, a new environment, the value of traditional brands is lessened. And we've seen time and time again in mobile, kind of brand new brands come in, and you know, Uber is a good example of that kind of thing, and disrupt traditional industries. Because I think there's almost more permission to do that in this kind of new landscape of mobile than there is in traditional arenas. And there are a whole bunch of things connected to that. When you're looking for somebody to sell you something, though, and you, you have to generally go to the app store if you're looking for a mobile app. I know Android users don't have to, but let's face it, most smartphone users, most listeners will, get, the will get those from, from apps. If you type in flowers, I mean, we'll talk about what happens in the search results in a minute because you and just won a bet before we started recording this. But Bloom and Wild and Interflora and other flower retailer and other flower retailer and other flower retailer all have the same size icon, all have the same descriptive text, all have the same banner graphic on the page. And all of a sudden, Interflora or the bigger brands, let's just say generally, they can't buy prominence in the app store. And in fact, in this case, because Bloom and Wild were an editor's pick, Somebody in Apple has given them that leg up to be you know, more visible, more attractive, and it, and it well, ties in well with promotion, yes. Yeah. Uh, so we should probably answer that question. What When you type flowers into the App Store, do you get your own? Right, so type flowers, try this, dear listener. UK iOS App Store. Yeah, this is UK iOS, but try it on your App Store. It'd be interesting to see. So number one, 
Bloomin' Wild. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Number two. Interflora. Is indeed. Yeah. Ah. Now, that, that would drive me nuts if I was Interflora. And all of a sudden, I begin to care about this thing that I scoffed up previously called App Store Optimization. But just, just for it to hold up your... So Ewan's waving his, his uh, six plus around. If you... so really it, Scroll down. Well, yeah, scroll down. So um, Bloom and Wild. If you look at those two images now, though, the Bloom and Wild image shows a full screen graphic of a set of flowers to be bought, which and it's a screenshot of the app. Yes. And, the, and the app yeah. is showing you flowers and they are the full screen of the phone. If you scroll down, Interflora shows you a... 1980s style web list navigation view with a picture of a smiling grandma at the top. And this is the important thing about app store optimization. You have to think about keywords and title because that's what really powers the search in the Apple store. But in terms of making that decision to do something from an entry, the first screenshot, and actually it's the first screenshot and a half actually, are absolutely vital. And it's the two things that, you know, I'd advise people putting apps in the store to really think about. And why is this important? Because this is effectively the new discovery mechanism. And this is really a part of a wider trend of that discovery being fragmented by mobile. Because it's not just about the Google search box anymore or remembering the right brand. Now, don't get me wrong, they still have a leg up. And Interflora, if they did a good service, would probably beat Bloom and Wild because people do have that kind of memory Memory, sitting in the back of their mind. But when there's that search box in the app store, that's become as important as the Google search box for acquiring those first users. And what's really interesting about search is people search first on generic search terms when they're looking for something new, and only on a second search will they do a brand-specific search. So when I search for flowers, I'm, I mean, you're holding the, the thing up there yeah. now, I am amazed how poor the Interflora one looks and how attractive the Bloom and Wild one looks. And I'm, you know, I'm now a customer of Bloom and Wild. I quite like their service, but mm. I've got no, you know, no relationship with them at all. And yet, actually, I am now substantially put off the traditional brand who I would have bought flowers from for years. They would have been the only people I would have bought flowers from for deliveries in the past. And now I look at them and think, old, tired, unimaginative and I'm, I'm much 16 I'm re- screens to get through as yeah. well and I'm, yeah. I'm ready to give my money to people I have no idea about apart from the fact they've taken one nice picture of a bunch of flowers but there's also within the app store that ranking comes from user ratings and the number of downloads so there's an implied endorsement from everybody else using it and I think that's important of course Bloom and Wild are also focused on that because that is their primary and that's their only way of acquiring it's users interesting 172 ratings all versions into Flora 248 for Bloom and Wild. Yeah. The reason I know that, I know Bloom and Wild got more, is because they sent me an email this week. Did you get it? No, I haven't read it, certainly. Right, the email says, hi there, it's, um, I forget her name. A lady. A, a lady, I'm sorry. Isabel, let's call it. Right, anyway, saying, hey, look, uh, if you like this Should we call story. her Flora? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, no, 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 let's call her Lily. Petunia. Oh, that's good. <laughs> God, you're good. Right. The email says, hey, you've been a regular customer. If you take a minute, would you do a trust pilot review? So let's move on, though, because there's another thing that we wanted to talk about. Mm. And actually, this is something that really struck me. So you did your thing of the week. I then thought, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Need to buy flowers sometimes. Having a baby soon. Yeah. Flowers, flowers, I'll download flowers. that. I'll download that. Did, actually, how long before you downloaded it to, to use it? Actually, quite a long time. Actually. That's interesting. Isn't that fascinating? Because when I want to do those things quickly, I want to do them really quickly. So yeah. for sometimes, for example, I will, if I'm going on holidays, I will download the app for the airline the day I book but I'll use it the day yeah, of exactly. travel yes. and the same for other similar services as well. And so downloaded it, didn't really use it, didn't need it, and then logged on and was just 
amazed. And again, it's not an advert particularly for Bloom and Wild, but what struck me was it looked like a really modern, well-designed app. And once you'd gone past the superficial of, that's a nice photograph, that's mm. a nice picture, that's well-designed, it's a nice, clean design. Actually, what really amazed me was I could buy the flowers I wanted to buy for the people I was buying flowers for, my wife in this case, mm. not your wife, actually much more quickly than I could if I went onto a comparable web store online. Yes. And of course, that's completely counterintuitive, Rafe, because I should always be constrained by being on mobile. It should be difficult. The checkout mechanism should be awkward. Mm. And so how is it that this experience was so much more pleasant? I think this is absolutely right. And the constraints of mobile, I think, force you to think more about the experience. And it comes back to this web versus apps debate. The things that you can do in an app you can't always do on web. And Ewan's already mentioned picking up address details from your address book. It's also able to do things around location and Apple Pay. All of those add up to something that feels like a more seamless experience that you can go through in three or four screens, particularly if you're doing it as a repeat customer. And so while I think it's much harder to nail that experience, absolutely, if you do do it, you will typically leapfrog the legacy competition, which is a landscape. And I think that's the crucial point. It is, because actually... It's not just leapfrogged the competition by being on a mobile device. If I think about my experience with buying flowers online through a website, it's your bog standard e-commerce tool with some pictures of flowers in it. And it's just like every other e-commerce yes. transaction. And coupled with that is my experience of saying, I know when I buy flowers from these retailers that the picture, it's like going into a restaurant you know, with pictures of food. You're always slightly dubious that what's going to arrive isn't actually what the picture is. And you know that whether they're nice or not, the flowers won't be as described. And yet here, it feels like somebody's taken the trouble to say, what is it that worries our customers? Well, we're going to have to build an app, so we might as well spend some money on finding out actually what worries our customers. Well, we're going to tell our customers that we post flowers. So what's going to worry them? oh, they're probably going to be worried that they're going to arrive safely. Does it, and, does it work? And will, yeah, it, yeah, will it fit through my post box? So first up, nice big picture of the flowers. Second up, here's the box we ship them in. Third up, here's a diagram that shows that it goes through most letterboxes. You know, here's a picture of the card that we send through that shows the person, the recipient, what the flowers are and how to arrange them. You know, And it's almost like they've got the sequence just right. And that hasn't happened by accident and it's because they've started from fresh by starting from fresh they actually ask themselves what is the problem we're trying to solve and they end up solving the right problem not something that's representative of their legacy systems and you know we see this time and time again it's the innovators dilemma is basically where this rule comes from but you see it in all the disruptive mobile services ultimately what they're doing is solving the pain point for a consumer of the existing services and it's mediated through mobile so the discovery and customer acquisition is far easier than has traditionally been the case i've got an example of delight for you right excellent the address typing in an address an absolute arse right type in your postcard blah, blah blah have you seen how they do it here right you just type in your address free text right if, if it's not in your address yep. book so where are we blanford what's the address here uh 146 one, brick lane four, six b-r-i-c Brick. Oh, there you go. Done. Okay, so I typed in 146 brick space L, and it's picked out the first result, LBI Unlimited. There you go. There we go. Right, four postcode, done, sorted. Hey, amazing. And it's those kind of experience in innovations. Yeah. That, and it's equivalent on the website. You'd have typed in a postcode and gone, oh, it's great. And then, yeah. But you still have to pick it out. You have to know the postcode and all of that. And by being that free form, it works better. And I think that... Someone has sat back and thought, you know what, we're not going to ask postcode. Because if we ask postcode, then you have to press enter, blah, blah. Do you know what? We're just going to do this. i tell you my version of that. 
on the app now, just navigate in through the app and just look at one of the any of their products. Just find yep. one of the products yep. and pull up the product page. Yep. Uh, well just, Here we go. Yep. Okay. What's the difference between that product page and a product page for something on Amazon? Well, the, the whole thing is there's a massive picture. I mean, it must be what, 60, 70% of the, of the screen is a picture? Exactly. And I'm buying something that is bought entirely. Object. Yeah, it is a physical object, but it's also bought entirely for the way it looks. You buy flowers because they are attractive. Yeah. yeah? On that store, you've got, even on the Amazon app, you know, this goes back to Rafe's point about legacy. You know, you might see a small picture and you might be able to scroll through yeah. a gallery and then you press that picture and it might blow up. Mm. And then you might get a better quality picture or you might not. You might just get a bigger picture mm. version of the small picture. There, it's a really nicely taken photograph of the product. As you say, it's 70% of the screen. And what's that in the background just behind the flowers? It's the box they come in. It Open with the flowers and it's it, showing you how it works. It immediately answers all of my questions. And actually... Yes, you can scroll down and you can get some specific information about delivery and cost and these kinds of things. But the whole point is I've got a nice big piece of high-resolution glass in front of me and they're using their app to show me a picture that precisely answers most of my questions. I, the only thing I don't know from that there is actually how long is it going to take? Because it says there's the name of the thing, there's a picture of the flowers, and I think once you've then put in your address and gone through the buying piece, then it starts to give you, you know, yeah, shipping, yeah, shipping yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Now, so, you know, it, there's still some more information I'm going to want, but actually all the important stuff done. And can you imagine if you had a traditional shopping app, you know, the hoops you'd have to jump through to say, oh, how would you like your product screen laid out? Well, I'd just like one massive photo, please. <laughs> but there's also, I think, something you're, you touched on here is actually simplicity. By giving you fewer choices, they've actually made your decision easier. And I think that's one thing where the constraints of mobile have been used in a, a very positive way that you might not think of. Because a lot of the time, you, know, you go to a florist website and you get 50, 60 bouquets to choose from bloom and wild are very clever in the way they actually have a relatively small curated list and that together with the payment yes they use apple pay and really actually it's just about saving payment details making it super simple to do repeat business but they also have a subscription service so they've done a bit of business model innovation as well and i oh, think that's really, really that. clever and actually i'm a good example for that because i went on to buy flowers for my wife's birthday and thought hang on a minute you can do a subscription so we changed our birthday plans and my little boy, or, or nine months of him, bought a year's subscription of flowers for his mum. And you're now getting points every month. Well, I get points every month, but the, the point was that I would never have thought about buying a flower subscription. I actually then subsequently went and had a look to see who does it. And actually quite a few other people do it, but you really have to search hard through the web stores to do it. And not only do they do a subscription, but then immediately after you complete the transaction and you can change the intervals and you can change all those sorts of things. So you're not, it's not a monthly subscription, it's monthly or weekly or whatever. every two months or whatever. Uh, it's really easily done. They then show you all the future predicted dates, one of which landed right in the middle of Christmas when we we're away. And I could change it right there and then. And it's just a really... You'd have to phone a customer service. You'd have to phone customer services. But the whole point was that they moved me from being probably a customer three or four times a year to being a customer with a year-long relationship. And okay, not everybody's going to want flower subscriptions, but the point was that I went to buy well, one thing and it was such a nice experience. I thought, I'm going to, first thing I ever bought was a year-long commitment to this company. That is amazing. Okay, because see, I tried it with just the £15 special that they'd given me. Over the, uh, see, that, that tells us something about well, because so you, I, Klaus no, priorities value, yeah. flowers well, for his wife. No, wait a minute. I think I was one of the, well, I feel I was one of the first to use Bloom and Wild. Not the first, but I saw it, downloaded it, used it. You took a little while to use oh, it. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. yeah. Now, break you in heart in a moment. Let's have a look at Send to Sophia. Now, that is £24 for a bunch of flowers, right? Yeah. Sent next day, right? 
And then if I go on to upgrade the bundle for three deliveries, it's £50. I've committed to spend £24. And that seems like a good deal to me, right? Yeah. These guys are really, really smart. If they've got your attention, they said, well, hold on a minute. Why don't you spend 50 quid and we'll, we'll give you three deliveries? And certainly, I mean, I, look, I was successfully upsold. And by the time you're spending hundreds of pounds on flowers, then it's beginning to become quite a different decision. But the grades are nice. But also, it's such a pleasant experience to see, you know, actually, I can swipe left and right and I will see the flowers I get this month and yes. the next month and the next month. And it's no longer... Would you like to buy 12 months of mystery flowers? We're not going to tell you what, would you know, for, for all this kind of money. Yeah. And it's, it's back to that, answer all of my most pressing questions right now. But they've also done the different price point. What's yeah. really important is that they've been thinking about the price points there because I want to spend more than £24. So actually, what I did is, ah, oh, I got you three months subscription. The other thing I, I want to touch on, because we've been talking very much about this through a mobile lens, there is a... An experience of fulfillment, which we've touched on the boxes, which is obviously, you know, very much a physical world thing, but there are some very clever logistics going on. And Bloom and Wild has actually been around a long time, even before it had its app, and it was previously done through the web. And actually, one of the clever things it did was cut out the middleman in flowers. And traditionally, there's been kind of distributors who buy from growers who then sell to the shops and the sellers. So Bloom and Wild has actually gone direct to the growers as a result, it's done two things. It's enabled them to be more price competitive and they're able to do it because they've got the volume, obviously. But also it gets the flowers two or three days earlier than would traditionally be the case in the life cycle. So that means they're still in the bud stages, makes them easier to deliver through the post. So while we get very enthusiastic about mobile innovation, mobile being this kind of catalyst for a really great company, I think we can all agree that mm. they've done an amazing job. There are other bits of it that you have to get right. But what I would say that if you're setting up for the first time as this kind of mobile startup or where your main acquisition and selling point is through mobile, it does give you kind of a lot more leeway on that distribution. And we've seen that, you know, Uber's actually another example of doing that kind of thing yeah. or Postmates or Deliveroo, all of those kind of on-demand services are able to kind of rejig and rethink their business model because, again, they're not dependent on the legacy systems. And so I don't think we should necessarily say mobile commerce is, is better because of these experience, because of the discovery. There is an other element to this. But I think if you identify those three things, they certainly give you an opportunity that you don't get elsewhere. I like the fact that even though it's a mobile app, and even though all your initial thoughts are, I'm just going to talk about the product, I'm just going to keep it really simple. I mean, yeah. having previously been involved in making mobile apps, you just simplify, 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 because it's got to be really easy. And yet, they've identified that when you're buying a thing, when you're buying a fragile thing like flowers, that actually fulfillment is as much a part of the transaction as it is the actual product itself. And I mean, how many times have you bought something from an online retailer to find it sort of dumped outside your front door in a massive box? I got one from Amazon that I'm thinking of, <laughs> which was something very breakable, which was in a box like 10 times the size it needed to be oh, to be no. shipped in. Yeah. But all the packing was just down one end. So the thing was... <laughs> Like these were um, these were um, special LED light bulbs for a lamp that we had, mm. and I had to order them, and they were completely smashed to bits. And you think, well, that's very funny because this box is perfectly capable of having all the packing, and then you realise that that's because the packing actually didn't protect any of the stuff; it was just filling up the empty space. Well, it's a concern for you, right? You think, oh, I'll just do it with, via a normal retailer. Yeah, you know, so I'll, I'll, just, I'll go to the, I'll yeah. go to the, I'll, I'll go to a lighting it. shop. Yeah, and I mean, this was frustrating as well because it's not the sort of thing I could go and buy from a supermarket. 
You know, it's one thing to have Amazon steal your grocery shopping from a local supermarket, but then when you're talking about electronics or books or anything, mm-hmm. well, but anything that even Amazon would consider sort of their their home turf. I mean, books is a prime example. You know, you still need to look after them. So, and, and it does, does remind us that that fulfilment piece is important, just as Uber gets criticised because its drivers aren't quite up to scratch in London compared to the knowledge of taxi drivers. That's how you create the ones that really stand out: is to think about both the mobile experience and there where it intersects with the real world. And the other thing that I really liked about this was the recognition of the get all technical the user need. Mm-hmm. You very rarely buy flowers for yourself. You right. mostly buy flowers as a gift yes. for somebody else. Yes. And therefore, my need is to know that they absolutely get delivered and to not be worried that they're going to be left on the doorstep, yep. to not be worried that the delivery driver's going to come and the lady who's just had a baby miraculously can't get out of bed to answer the door right now, Sorry. so the flowers go away. Yep. Or my favourite one was ringing up... Actually, a large high street retailer in the UK does a flower delivery service, and we got some flowers, or rather, we didn't get some flowers. When it's all right, we can name John Lewis. Oh, so it was Marks and Spencers. Oh, there you okay. Go. Yeah. Be, you know, high end, high end high street retailer yeah. does a flower delivery service. Mm-hmm. We didn't get our flowers when the little boy was born because the delivery driver had looked for somewhere dry to put them when it was raining, and he couldn't get in the house. So he popped them just just inside the recycling bin just to keep them dry, just inside the recycling bin. Wow. Yeah, and you can imagine, you can work out precisely and exactly what happened to those flowers. Oh, dear. And, of course, by the time we'd, you know, and they were very sorry and they'll send you some new ones, but we don't want new ones now. Baby's three months old. You know? Yeah, it's just someone at Bloomin' Wild thought, do you know what, let's just do some research. What are the top X reasons, blah, blah, blah. I really love this concept, but what particularly excites me is the opportunity or the other opportunities for other companies to do similar. Okay, and there we're running out of time, so let's wrap mm. it up. We talked a lot about Bloom and Wild, and we talked a lot about flowers, but partly because we're really enthusiastic about their service, but also, I think, because we all see that the way they're solving these problems are ways that we want all the other retailers we deal this with. This is it. So, you and first, if you could take one thing about Bloom and Wild and tell other retailers, you know, do that, what would it be? Focus, focus, focus on what are you solving and it's, it's very trite. Any big company will have legions of people going out with a customer and they just say, what Bloomin' Wild done, exactly as you laid it out, they thought very, very, very carefully about what I need on the phone. And don't think about it. Don't imagine. Go and bloody stand behind some actual customers yep. and find out for yourself. Yes. Because we have no relationship with Bloomin' Wild at all. No, no, but no. I would lay money on the fact that they've been out there actually watching In real customers done a lot. Yes. Yeah. doing real transactions. Rafe Bamford? I think I would say make sure you get your mobile app as good as possible and that is mostly going to be a case of simplify and use all the tricks that a mobile has in terms of things it does uniquely in payment and using data it's connected and all of those things to produce something that will always get a top five star rating in the app store or at least that should be your aim i think for me it's about that brand relationship which is if you present yourself as a big brand with all the characteristics of a big brand, mm-hmm. which is it's well-produced, it's slick. Quality. The product is quality. Well, although, the interface is quality. The, the, nice interface, the interface is quality. But also the service you offer is comparable. And if you can convince me that you can do a better job, I actually will happily leave the legacy firms, the you know, ones mm-hmm. that I've been dealing with all the time, because as soon as I get to mobile, I know that it's sufficiently hard and sufficiently different that I believe you could do a better job. Yeah. If you set up a high street shop, 
I don't think you're going to be better than a retailer that's been in business for 150 years. But on mobile, I'm prepared to give you a, a fresh start. And so therefore, it's worth the investment. And if I may add one onto that, that's about getting the fulfillment right. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter how good the rest of your service mm. is, if you can't deliver on that promise of being better, which is largely about fulfillment, nothing else matters. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now in our kitchen, we have all the Bloom and Wild flower cards all stuck up on the thing because actually even the packaging and the product has become part of the gift because I couldn't tell you what flowers are which for love nor money but we've got a little id card now that you can look them all up in and they're all being saved so you know the thought about that I'm sure I doubt anyone expected that to be part of the product well that's become a thing in our house now exactly so good anyways we should wrap it up there I'm looking forward very much next week to hearing about your smarter home competition i want to see some buying decisions or some full-up shopping carts Jeez, I just, i'm around. not happy committing all right well i want to yeah. see, i want to see some product i'll buy something i'll, I'll buy no, something. i want to see some products and uh, as ever we would really welcome your suggestions what have you uh, got thank, thanks by the way to the audience members who have been tweeting already yes thank Very you for useful your, thank you for your feedback but we need your recommendations what have you got what would you like? What problems are you solved? And what really works for you? And then just privately, just tweak to me, just DM me. My DMs are open. Just tell me what products don't work, what are rubbish. And in case I, I inadvertently buy one and, and lose the Smarter Home competition. And we should have actually said, if you've got other suggestions like Bloom and Wild, I think we'd love to hear about them, right? Yeah, give us your mobile heroes, the, yes. the, the people that you use in preference to the bigger name brands. Yeah, because who's they're really knocked, on mobile. knocked you? Yeah. Yeah. And if you haven't, check out Bloom and Wild if you're in the UK and you need some flowers because, well, they work for me. Indeed. Grant, as ever, you could go along to the 361 Podcast. You can leave us comments there. You can find us at 361 Podcast on Twitter. We're also on Facebook, but don't encourage them. If you go to 361podcast.com now, you can find details of how to support us through Patreon with a small donation every episode or every season. If you'd like to do that, it helps us pay for this and helps us do more exciting things in the future. As ever, thanks very much for all your feedback. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.